Audible presents this brilliance audio production of Whistler's Angel by John R. Maxim. Copyright 2001 by John R. Maxim. Read by Dick Hill. Performance copyright 2001 by Brilliance Audio. All rights reserved. For John Griffin and Phil Henry and always for Christine. Whistler's Angel, Chapter 1. A year ago, Whistler would not have imagined that he could get used to such a life. Living on a yacht, island-hopping as he pleased, no problem more serious than the odd bulky instrument, no threat more worrisome than approaching bad weather. It would have seemed more like the waste of a life for a man only in his mid-thirties, and for him in particular it would have seemed near suicidal. Yachts move, but not quickly. They are nakedly vulnerable. Whistler himself had once sunk, with all hands, a yacht twice the size of his own. But that time, that whole world, now seemed very far away. That life no longer existed for him, because Claudia had given him a new one. She was young, she was warm, she was lovely, she was wonderful. Finding Claudia had made all the difference. On this morning she was still sound asleep. He had risen early, taking care not to wake her. He liked to go up on deck before dawn and sit, enjoying the sunrise. That was another thing he'd almost never done before Claudia came into his life. He had, of course, seen many a sunrise, but he had seldom actually watched one. Before Claudia, all that a rising sun meant was that the darkness was no longer his ally. He now saw the dawn as a time of utter peace. The only sounds at that hour were the lapping of waves and the soft, rhythmic hum that the morning breeze made as it passed through the rigging above him. No birds were yet aloft. There were few lights on shore. There were none on any of the neighboring yachts. In a while, though, the little grocery would open. He would walk up the dock and buy some fruit and a couple of fresh-baked croissants. He would go unarmed, as he'd done for some time now. Claudia might chide him for going without her. She preferred to be with him as a second pair of eyes in case she was wrong about the danger being passed, or rather in case her friend the pelican was wrong. Yes, Claudia spoke to birds, and to dogs, and to the wind. More to the point, they spoke to Claudia. But Whistler had managed to get her to agree to try not to let others see her doing so. Claudia, as it was, was hard enough to forget without him having to try to explain, well, why she's different. He heard movement down below. She had gotten up after all. He could hear her in the galley making coffee. In his mind he could see her in her short, terry robe, yawning and stretching and smiling to herself, brushing her wheat-colored hair from her face, revealing those amazing brown eyes. Very soon she'd be coming up to join him on deck. She'd be carrying two steaming mugs. Her eyes would find him, and she'd greet him with a smile. It was a smile that no sunrise could match. And she would remind him that today was the day. He had promised her that, beginning this morning, they would take the first step toward reclaiming their identities. No more counterfeit papers, no more assumed names. He'd prefer to have waited for a full year to have passed, but Claudia was probably right. It was time. A few weeks shouldn't make any difference. Claudia was, by most standards, a beautiful young woman, even more so on the inside, where it mattered the most. She was easily the kindest human being he had met. 
the most loving, the most loyal, and the most generous. She was bright, quick, and funny, good at everything she tried. She was also, by most standards, certifiably crazy. But he didn't care. He adored her.